Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's June 3rd, 2022, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio. I am your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Renata Price. Howdy. Our producer, Ricardo Contreras. Yo. Hey, Kato. What's up? What episode is this? 46. <laughs> what? What? Isn't it? Did you just lie? Did I lie? No, I didn't lie. Did, Did you just say 46? 486. Sorry, I might have slurred it a little. I heard 46. I heard 46. Oh my god, you said 46. I said 486. 46. No, you said 46. 46. You said 46. 46. Okay, I just, the main reason I ask <laughs> is because consistently I have felt like I looked this up on waypoint.gay. Yeah. And then... When you send the folder button. through, you're like, it's a different number. Now, the folder number doesn't matter. I fuck that up constantly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the I folder getting, number is like, simply... I wrong? Okay. I think this is right. Did I put it right? Nah, maybe I fucked it up once. No, Waypoint.gay so, no, is real. Is... Waypoint.gay yeah, okay. is real. <laughs> the four, the, the, yeah, the, the folder number is often fake, is what I'll say, is a thing that I have noticed, which is why I've started just kind of naming them based on vaguely on what topics we talked about. If there's like, if there was a significant thing, I'll be like, Waypoint Halo. And I'll be like, all right, this is, this is the right one. I know we talked about Halo this week. The, the, da- the date also works. Just like, Slap a date on there. We're good. Well, I'll know which one it is. <laughs> if you want to make, if you want to guarantee a memorable episode of Waypoint One, you'd be like, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, let's do something totally unprecedented. Kata, tell us about this card game you're playing. What? <laughs> so, uh, Netrunner is a <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you've fallen into my trap. Fucking trick. <laughs> uh. No, but for real, uh, I've been playing Card Shark again. Uh, it has finally, it's finally coming out. They had that small beta a while back where I played and really enjoyed it. Um, and coming back to it, uh, I'm still enjoying it. For people who may may have not listened to or heard about the first time around, we talked about it. The um, the conceit is essentially you are a, a card uh, cheat in. Uh, I'm trying to remember. When was Voltaire around? Is that pre or post revolution? That's pre revolution. That's pre revolutionary France. You meet Voltaire in like the second, like you, you cheat Voltaire out of some money. It's fun. Uh, he's totally into it though. <laughs> um, like in a gay way? And essentially, you are picked up by a fake count and you team up with this fake account to s- steal rich people's money by cheating them at, at cards. And uh, essentially the way you do that is by learning various sleight of hand tricks and um, movements that are all uh, 
very well mapped out i would say it's like this like the 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 most clever thing they've done here is kind of made uh the i said i'm playing on pc but i'm using a controller and i it's very much suggest that you play on controller because it makes all the motions that you're doing feel very kind of um not you know not really one-to-one but very close to the feeling of like oh i'm stacking a bunch of cards or there's I'm a feeling doing. like the gesture or like masking a move is almost being communicated through the way you're using the buttons exactly the, yeah like nice. the, the way that you're uh, moving the stick to like uh you know um uh one of the one of the tells you can do is basically you you're playing as the count's like servant and you'll pick up his wine glass and uh wipe the table under it to pick up some spilled wine and you'll uh you'll make us like kind of movement in a certain way to be like okay that person over there has a king of hearts or whatever right um and basically the the game kind of escalates by you you start learning these tricks and then as you go on you learn uh new tricks that also kind of layer on top of the old tricks which is neat so like uh one example is you'll learn early on how to um uh, uh like jog a card when you're shuffling or basically you mark a, a spot in the deck where a good card is for you so you can like put it at the top after you finish shuffling um, and then eventually you learn like, okay, well now it, what if you want to jog multiple times between cards? So, you know, uh, this one's for you and that one's for, uh, your partner because you're playing a partner's game this time. And you never actually see any of the, the card game itself. The, the game that you're playing is only the cheating parts. And then like just skips to the end where you've won whatever hand you were, you were dealing with. Um, and these are all these are all betting games. So like the there's kind of two things at play here. One is how much money you have, like in order to like continue playing. So like if you lose a hand because you mess up, it's not like an automatically game out or like you don't get called out as a cheat automatically. There's like a, a big old like suspicion bar at the bottom that slowly raises up over time. Um, and then if you like make an obvious move, it, it like jumps up a little further. However, if you lose a hand, that shifts back down. They become less suspicious of you. So if you get a big enough pool of money, you can kind of like give up a hand on purpose in order to be like to like take the heat off of you a little bit, That's which is really sick. neat. Yeah. Um and then um there's this is I guess if you don't want any like spoiler, this is like a mechanical spoiler. I just think it's very neat, so I really enjoyed it. Um, there are moments. Uh, skip ahead like a minute. This is not going to take that long. There are moments where your life might come under under danger for cheating, and if you yeah, you die, yeah. <laughs> if you, if you die, you actually you can uh, go and cheat death. Tell me, uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> You, yes. you you meet up with uh the Grim Reaper and uh the the they they challenge you to a, a round of cards and say, Hey, if you can beat me, uh I'll send you back up, basically. So you, you use your tricks that you've learned to cheat them at a hand of cards and then start start over from wherever you, you failed. It's it's very fun. It um, 
it is worth saying that, at least from what I remember from the demo, death is pretty generous. Death is like, <laughs> yeah, death yeah. is kind of rooting for you, very obviously. Death yeah. is like, all right, you died, and I'm not supposed to let you through, so we're going to play a card game, a thing I know you fucking cheat at, and we're going to play a really it's shitty be one, fine. and I'm not going to play that much attention. <laughs> um, But it's a very fun uh conceit. And just in general, I think the, the look of the game is really nice. It's like... Uh, yeah, it's kind of like paper, paper puppety, and lots of yeah. watercolor uh, backgrounds and stuff. Yeah, it's and, like backlit is the way these frames look, kind of. And like, yeah. um, basically, you're uh, you're on this mission with the the count uh, to kind of figure out a mystery by, uh, like you're basically you you're not only getting money, but like as you like win hands the count like is kind of prying information from all these people that he's playing cards with and stuff um and so there's uh basically yeah just in terms of like is the count actually kind of like i'm thinking are we in a um count of money christo situation where you're the trusty like helper like facilitating the action and the actual like a lot of the narrative drama is like actually the counts or Okay. Yes, that's gotcha. exactly that's exactly it. Your 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 character is actually mute in the game, um, and uh, you have like there's like di- dialogue choices where like you you know you can make motions to like motion what you're saying, but like all of the all of the narrative is carried through the count, like kind of being like trying to figure out uh, a specific event that is like kind of rumored the the the. What was it the the twelve bottles of milk is what it's called? It's like some event that like caused like political ripples, and like uh, but people are trying to keep it hush hush because it would cause further like instability in the nobility. I I believe like it, it's like a really salacious rumor of some sort, and you're trying to uncover it by going to uh, people and trying to figure out who was there and like who um. Who 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 might have the information on what actually happened there, and uh, you don't really um, end up making a lot of those choices. That's all the count's kind of narrative, um, but you do have um, a few like options uh, when you're like choosing where to go on the map. There's basically uh, at the beginning you only kind of have one place to go. You cheat a few people and you uh, move on, and then it starts to open up to like giving you a couple different branches of just like, okay, I can go over here and this is just going to be about making a, a nice pool of money, right? Like there's a, there, there's, there's a spot where you can kind of regularly go in order to build up some more funds for your next like narrative heist that might be a little bit more uh, stakes heavy. Um, but yeah, I've been really uh, enjoying it. The one issue I'm having is that this is normally a great thing. The game picks up when the demo leaves off. Uh, that's awesome. I don't have to replay the tutorials. It's been long enough that I kind of don't remember some of the early tricks. And the game at this point is like, oh, you remember how to do XYZ. I don't have to re- re- re-explain that. And I'm like, the what? The How do you show? Oh, See, it's just an ADHD <laughs> simulator now. You yeah. know, that thing yeah. I just told you. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. Got it. 100%. Nope. No further uh, questions. I like. I think I kind of remember that. Um, there's a couple of things where I've had Me to kind of doing an obvious card trick, looking <laughs> questioningly at the mark. Yeah, looking back, like, is this? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I there isn't uh, unfortunately like in the list of uh, card tricks that you've learned. There's a rough description, but 
the thing it doesn't have is controls. So like it'll say like what you do is you jog a card and then do a single uh shuffle and then shuffle the rest of the deck. It's like, like how do I do a single shuffle? I don't remember. I remember it's on the stick in one direction and I forget which one. It took me a couple bits of trial and error to like figure it out. But it's it's the one thing right now where it's like it, because I picked it back up after a big gap, I I wish there were just like okay, here are all the controls for these tricks that you've learned. Uh, where they only have like, yeah, they only have uh a, a short like verbal description of what your character is actually doing. Um, but otherwise, it's it's really fun, and I think if I had like, you know, started over or or, or it had been a straight through one, it wouldn't actually have been too difficult to remember the, because they all all the all the a lot of the tricks kind of stack on top of each other, and there's a lot of tricks. Uh, it, it says at the bottom each time you unlock a new trick, like. Uh, X out of like 28 and I'm like damn. 12 in and I'm like damn like there's I'm remember like there's a lot to remember about like picking up cars in certain order and like how to like you've got like f- six different ways to like tell that information to your to your uh friend and like the the way that it's it's played out it's like most of the times it chooses one for you it's the newest one except for when it, the the ones where you're like I'm just going here to play cards. It's not going to move the narrative forward. Those you kind of get to choose from a random set of like it'll give you four of the like whatever many you've picked, and you pick one like trick to do for that hand, and that's pretty fun. Uh, one other question: um, how how like uh, forked is the plot? Right, like is it pretty linear in terms of you have to just stay on the story, and like if you fail, like you reset or death comes and like corrals you and sets you back? Or is it like a bit more of an expansive uh, field of possibility that you're working with in here? It definitely feels like um, it. Um, what's the word I'm going to, uh, it kind of like balloons out and then narrows back mm-hmm. down at points. Yeah, like yeah, there'll yeah. be like a moment where you like go and like hit a couple different spots and you're kind of gathering information for the next big push forward in like the like overarching thing. Okay, so like a diamond narrative. Yeah, right? yeah, like essentially, the, yeah. and it'll diamond out a couple times yep. over the. It's it's done that a few times already, and I'm like, uh, not too far into the like second second chapter. I don't know how many. Hey, chapters this Voltaire there. can get it. I'm just sorry. Yeah, I'm just watching yeah. <laughs> the thing on on Steam, and Voltaire just popped up, and I was like, "Is that? Hang on, actually, what did Voltaire look? Hey, Google. I think Voltaire, Voltaire was Voltaire was like? supposedly handsome. Yeah, could Voltaire get? Hey, Google, could Voltaire get it? I no, think hold Voltaire on. He could, could get, get it. it. He could get he it. He could get it. Yeah. I mean, well, hold on. Wait. How do you feel about Voltaire. Niles Crane? Well, well, <laughs> Voltaire. You know, a good smile counts for a lot. There's like yeah. a could not get it from me at least. Nah, he's cute. I, don't know. I think by the standards of like the powdered wig and fancy fa- fancy lads era, I think he's not bad. Okay, yeah, but this, he's not bad. okay by the standards of that era, and if I was not a lesbian, yes, Voltaire could get it. <laughs> but that's a lot. That's a lot. That's of, a lot. We're putting a lot of modifiers. A lot of, in play lot of butts there. Yeah, I think he looks better in the game, honestly. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was asking. It was like, <laughs> Game Voltaire. Game Voltaire, uh, you get it. Like, fucking shampoo commercial. 
is <laughs> is what we got what we got going on there. All right, well that is Card Shark. Uh, I need to give that. There just looks there, like a twink who went to the Rhode Island School of Design. Sorry, continue. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, yeah, yeah. Continue, Rob. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I just I just I just it hit me and I Why had to get it out of my system. specifically Rhode Island School of Design? Like, do you feel scad people or like chat like scad chat? Is that a thing? Is, <laughs> Excuse me. No, he just specifically reminds me of the twinks okay. I know who went to RISD. Okay. Well, he's, a, he's a rich twink. That's the thing. RISD's like 90% people with a lot of fucking money. Okay. Exactly. Uh, also, SCAD is uh, un... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, their degrees don't count towards Unaccredited? Degree. Unaccredited, thank you. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. So... Uh, that's not great. No, it's it's not. Yeah. It's a it's a fucking mess of a school. Uh, there's good but people. The faculty is real. Like it's yeah, not yeah. A fake. It's not yeah, fake. That's, there's good faculty yeah. there even, but there's also like a million students, and it's really like the like um, the business model is very much get as many possible students as possible through this thing so that we can make money off their tuition. It's not great. It's not a great system. Uh, I know this because my wife was an admissions counselor and got all the dirt from everyone. Knows a lot about uh, colleges. That's and that good in- shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of messes, that reminds me, this is germane to, well, a few things. Uh, we hmm. got an email related to something like this. Um, but th- that does put me in mind of like, like the Biden administration granted forgiveness to people cheated by the Corinthian colleges chain, but it's like they're the only ones who get full debt forgiveness what? for any of their federal loans. Oh, oh my god! Um, and like very classic, like obviously the only people who deserve like debt forgiveness are people who are obviously done wrong. But it's like, and they do, but also it's like if you look up, like do you go to jail over Corinthian? No. No, it no. doesn't appear to be the case. It appears to be that, like, they massively defrauded students who overwhelmingly took out loans. The people who def- like committed that fraud largely kept the money. And now in the aftermath, it's like, okay, we we can forgive those loans, which does seem like uh, a very, a very, like, Biden way of doing forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. Uh, and specifically a very Delaware uh, way of of handling like financial malfeasance um but <laughs> the delaware the, method they call it <laughs> look it's it's like america's ugly switzerland um <laughs> there's a reason a bunch of companies are incorporated there that is all i'm saying i'm sure america's ugly switzerland i'm sure is, it is i'm sure it is a lovely plot of land uh that they've turned into one of the into. funnier things i've heard into a tax shelter, uh, for, for sure. Um, so somebody also messaged us, um, a couple weeks back about apparently there was an ongoing Indiana university graduate student strike, uh, happening. And IU like is a pretty, you know, it's a massive state school. Uh, it's like Purdue and IU, uh, like absorb a ton of the like college students in Indiana. Uh, but Aaron writes, 
You brought up a recent vote by MIT graduate students to unionize. I was hoping you, as a former Hoosier, could bring the ongoing IU graduate student union strike uh, efforts to light. Since the beginning of April, 1,700 underpaid and exploited grad students have voted overwhelmingly, 97%, to form a union and strike for better, work, better working conditions and pay. Unfortunately, the university is unwilling to acknowledge the strike and is taking steps to fire the striking students instead of meeting their demands. I'm sure you remember I use monopoly on education and healthcare in the state, and it's only worsened in the past few years. Uh, this has nothing to do with games, but I hope you might give them a shout out and maybe direct the audience to their strike fund, uh, which is on GoFundMe. A uh, couple things have happened since this email came in, but like, how are you talking about just like uh, schools being kind of a mess in terms of like how much is being put on students, how mm -hmm. much is being taken out? of the system uh, by the people who hold the purse strings. Um, but since this email came in, it looks like the faculty of IU voted overwhelmingly to say, like, we should recognize the grad student union and nice. collectively bargain with them. But remember, like boards of trustees, are the ones who finally have decisions right. at universities. And that's especially true in Indiana. And they just kind of like ignored that result. Wow. Um, so the faculty is like pretty much on board with uh, negotiating with the grad students, but the board of trustees are continuing to sort of hold this line. And the grad students are no longer striking, but it's it's kind of like strike is on summer break. Um, they're, <laughs> they're saying that like their last statement is we're going to resume the strike in September. Right. Which, you know. Seems like it make a lot of sense, right? Because like that's ultimately when they have the most leverage. Because at these big schools, the odds of you actually being taught by a professor low, fairly low. Yeah, yeah. Being graded by a professor, nil, nil. That's not <laughs> no. happening. Uh, so yeah, um, there's there's ongoing labor action at IU, um, and it's sort of uh, like. Now it's sort of blossom, like blossomed into a simmering uh, like fight between faculty and the trustees, and then the strike sounds like it's going to pick back up uh, when students resume. Uh, but it is one of those like it is shocking the degree to which like higher education has become just like a naked pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. No, I just mean, like, yeah, like, it has been for a very long time, it feels like. Uh, and, like, part of that, like, it's it's interesting to see different schools kind of take different tacks on, like, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna figure out ways to make this easier on students versus, like, no, we're gonna milk the students for everything they're worth. Um, even though, like, like basically it's it's whether or not they're like and they're not even paying teachers well often no especially not adjuncts you know no um, no, no no horrible unlivable wages for adjuncts everywhere across the united states uh but yeah it's it's a mess it's a yeah it's uh i want i want to actually quickly uh scad did get accredited sometime in the last like four years so Okay. Aww, congrats to them. Congrats to them. But that was that was the big thing that I always heard about them was that they weren't accredited. So if you needed to transfer out, 
you, right. your credits didn't mean anything, basically, which is the only like scenario which where Which I gather is really how a lot matters. of people often realize they're being scammed, right? right. Like, I think one of the things that brought Corinthian to light was people would be like, hey, I'm getting really good grades at the school. Now I'm going to transfer to a better school. And suddenly it's like, well, none of your credits transfer. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Because as far as we're concerned, you're not attending a real school. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's I remember uh, one of the I don't know, really eye opening things at my old university was uh, this, pre- this president is no longer there. But I remember um, when she was hired, it was very blatantly like we're excited to bring her aboard because she is a fundraising monster. And I was like, cool. Also on the board of trustees for the university was a major, like was the CEO of a major regional construction firm. And so you can, can you Mm. imagine the weird alignment of interests that could uh, happen (laughs) between a powerhouse fundraising administration for the university and a construction magnate on the board of trustees? Uh, suddenly our school is getting all kinds of cool improvements, uh, that cost <laughs> a pretty penny. Um, but it was, but the other thing that like sort of stuck out in my mind was you could tell who the new admins were because their cars were very nice and really stood out in the faculty parking lot. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it was like, whose new Jaguar is this? Not your, not your teachers. I have, a, I have a question. I could, yeah. this could be, um, a, a weird thing or it could be normal. I'm not sure. Do most school, like, presidents, um, live on campus and, like, big mansions? What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just confirming that Dude, this is. It, like, it's, it's a. Big mansions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. When I was a housekeeper, one of like our big projects for the summer was me having to go in with a specific crew to like literally clean the university president's living room. Um, so, <laughs> which was fucking massive because it was a ballroom. That's the thing, right? They're not really houses. A lot of these things, like I, the, the thing I'll grant is these purposes exist clearly as social function, like social spaces for like. Mm school business mm-hmm. we are like our president did have like a mansion i don't think they actually lived in it even for the most part it was like a they could have but like it was here's a beautiful old historic mansion with tons of like hosting capacity mm, yeah right and you go in there and it was like i don't even want to sit on furniture in here like it feels <laughs> like everything it. is insured and i shouldn't be here yeah, yeah. the mansion was the, the the home was on the second floor of the mansion yeah. which was also the second and third floors which were also fucking huge yeah. but the but they did have like a the main thing we worked on was like the just dining like the the, the ballroom which was massive and took so fucking long to vacuum oh no my i mean God. i think so much of it is the like these old universities like tons of them were built in this era where the expectation was what well, have huge social functions, land was cheap. They built these things, you know, to sort of like go with the whole like initial concept of what the university would look like. Uh, but increasingly it does like take on this weird like landed gentry quality or like appointed nobility. Yeah. Uh, and the same goes to like some of the old endowed chairs, right? Like there's there's your normal like bog standard, like I'm a tenured professor. Okay, cool. I'm the professor so-and-so who sits in the endowed chair whatever and like for whatever reason they make more because like the chair is just like endowed to shit um so that's another like weird dynamic of 
man, like my job is specifically has like a little kitty set aside for it. Um, and that's, that's, so there's like other weird, goofy, like things that get passed down, uh, mm-hmm. at universities. But yeah, it's like, it was so striking the delta between what junior faculty were experiencing in terms of like economics and like what se- what senior admins were experiencing. Right. Yeah. And like when you realize how much of the money from education goes into the pockets of like the people running the school, but not the ones teaching it, the people like admitting it. Yeah. Um, it, it makes you ill, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not um, great. My school didn't have grad students effectively. Um, that was Same. kind of one of its like, yeah, that's the, that's what the small liberal arts schools sell on is like, you'll actually be taught by professors here, which we were, and that was cool. <laughs> but like, that just meant that junior faculty were the exploited working workforce there. Right. Whereas at like major, like R1 universities, the exploited workforce is the grad students. And, uh, well, and honestly, um, you know, like cafeteria employees and groundskeepers and such, like all the, like the, the two groups that make the universities run are like infrastructure workers and grad students and right. both just like get it in the teeth. Yep. It's weird. As, it's as always someone who's been all of these things. Not good. Well, actually, except for grad student. I did not. I did some. I think. Yeah, I did some TAing, but I did not do any grad studenting. But it's fucking silly. It's yeah. uh, it's very funny hearing how how prevalent the grad student teaching you thing is because that seems bizarre from the like art school perspective. Uh. I feel like people would fucking riot <laughs> if like, because the point that they always sell on is that the teachers are working artists. Like you have to be a working artist in order to teach. It's like, okay, well, this person's, you know, shown, they know what the art world is like, therefore I'm going to learn under them. And if you're just like another student still not like established, it's like, uh, what, what are we doing here then? That's really I think interesting. the, I think the racket is a little like the, Grad students, I don't know if this, I don't know where this holds true in terms of like major universities like IU, but grad students are the backbone of teaching 100 and 200 level courses. Hmm. Um, where like it's an experience I've only seen through movies, you know, the mm-hmm. giant amphitheater in, intro school where it's right. like 300 students like taking the same 100 level course, like yeah, that. Yeah. Never like don't have any experience of that, but like that's where a ton of the graduate student workforce comes in. Cause like, it's just, you do not need um, a, like you don't really need a full professor to teach some of these things uh, because like, it's really basic materials. We the same thing year in, year out. Um, and there's so many students like taking it that you do need to like sort of divide up the labor. So like it, like it's an arrangement that actually makes a lot of sense. And the argument is once you've like, for the people who've committed to a track, theoretically at some point you do start getting, like taught by the professors, but I think that I feel like that point has receded deeper and deeper into mm. <laughs> into yeah. the university system, uh, rather like the Russian army before Napoleon, um, <laughs> where it's like there's going to be a real professor in here some way. Well, by real professor, you mean an adjunct that is <laughs> getting food stamps to work here? Yes, yeah, yeah. And so, like that, like I, I think that's a dynamic in play as well. That was definitely um, the thing we had a we had a adjunct like strike at one point which was 
Uh, I think meant like one one adjunct. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> adjuncts. Shit. All the adjuncts. Uh, um, or I don't think it got to full strike, but there was a threat of a strike at some at some, a certain point. And like adjuncting across like art schools is still like you're expected to like, hey, you're gonna teach like five classes at three different colleges, so you better live in a college town in order to survive. Um, speaking of surviving, uh, the the you know exploitative capitalist dystopia, Ren, how's Hard Space treating you? Hard Space Shipbreaker is probably one of, if not my games of the year. It, I fucking love that video game. Like everything about it is excellent to me. I just it makes my brain feel soft and warm and good. Is kind of is kind of the key thing. We played a little bit of on stream yesterday. Kato, yeah. I'm really curious. I was Kato's shift shift week yesterday. <laughs> And Uh-oh. much like Kato began me at 400 level Dota 2, I was like, all right, we're going to, I'm going to start Kato on an intentionally pretty hard ship with the understanding that my only goals of giving them that ship were to teach them the basics of every single system that goes into breaking down a giant spaceship. I think- Kato, did you feel trained by the end of that? <laughs> To a certain degree, yes. Um, there, there are, I think, kind of stacking uh, mechanics in that game where it's like, okay, you've dealt with this kind of fuel. Now here's fuel 2.0 or something. Right? The the way that the systems change is kind of important because then what we did immediately after the training session was the the race mode where you're just trying to uh, disassemble a, a ship under a certain clock and. It, by hitting certain uh, objectives. And we did that in tandem to try to see if uh, he taught me well enough to to finish uh, while you were also doing it on your end. Um, yes. And I think you you taught me pretty like well enough. I didn't die, which is the big yeah, thing. Yeah, Kato didn't die. I didn't die. <laughs> For 45 minutes of playing Hard Space Shipbreaker, Kato didn't die. I broke and some that- I broke some shit too. That's the thing. I, I I didn't do everything perfect or very or too slowly. I think I I I I, I uh I was just knew not to uh cut the fucking fuel lines. <laughs> I broke. So I also failed the race because I broke the. I ignored the objectives and was like, oh, I can break this entire ship in forty five minutes. I can take every single piece of this ship out in forty five minutes, uh, and I was right. Uh, but I just ran. I just didn't uh, salvage like one thousand kilogram piece of titanium but uh rob i'm gonna describe how you take out the problem that kato and i encountered on stream yesterday that was the oh like my god <laughs> that was the um like the crux are you familiar with the idea of like a crux and like bouldering or like uh rock climbing uh no but if we're talking about like i'm familiar with the use of crux as like a figure of speech Right. So the crux in, in rock climbing is the part of the problem, the bouldering problem, that is the key. If you understand the crux, the rest of it just unspools, right? So to remove a class two reactor from a spaceship and hard space shipbreaker, it is a three-step process. First, you go to the back of the ship and you eject the thruster. You, to do this, you pull a lever and that disconnects the thruster from the fuel line and shuts the fuel line down and it separates the thruster from the reactor and from the environmental control unit. The environmental control unit is what cools the reactor. So then, this is like the part of the thing that would be accessible for routine maintenance. 
right? Yes. Like this is the like we're taking it offline to do like engine maintenance. So exactly. like readily accessible. Right. And then you go to the back of the ship and you pop off the thruster cap, which is just two little cut points. You pull off the nozzle and then you can pull the thruster right out. Totally clean. That's step one of removing a class two reactor. Step two of removing a class two reactor is to clear a path for the reactor to go, which generally means peeling the ship. Um, so you cut off a, a, a portion of the outer nanocarbon plating and you push it into the processor until you have a very clear travel path for that class two reactor. Because if a class two reactor bumps into something, it will explode uh, and destroy an entire ship uh, in a nuclear fireball. And so what you do is <laughs> you very carefully move all of the pieces of the process. You move all of the nanocarbon plating on the outside of the ship. You move it away. Great. At this point, you have an exposed reactor core, uh, an exposed like reactor casing, because there's also a casing underneath uh, underneath all of this nanocarbon. You have exposed reactor casing, you have an ECU, and you have the tubes connecting the ECU to the reactor. At this point, you remove three pieces, three pieces of reactor casing. So the reactor, once you disconnect the coolant, can just pull straight out and be thrown right down into the barge where it's safe. At this point, you go to the ECU. Because the barge has like a neutralizing thing and everything's volatile. Like the barge chills it out so it can be salvaged. You go to the the ECU, the environmental control unit. You pull off a panel. And then one by one, you remove coolant cells. Once you remove all three coolant cells, the reactor goes into what's called a controlled meltdown. (laughs) At which point, you can grab it. And very carefully swing it down. That is the standard process for removing a class two reactor. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> removing a class two reactor requires power to be going to that lever that rejects that ejects the thruster and also clears the fuel line. Okay. And so Wait. The ship if have the batteries? ship is unpowered, if that section of the ship is unpowered, Rob, in order to remove the thruster, you have to do that last. Which means... Oh, also, it's important to note that the uh, plate that the reactor sits on is part of the structure of the ship. Mm-hmm. So you can only peel the ship so much. Which meant that in order to remove the class two reactor we were dealing with on stream yesterday, the problem was that the thruster was unpowered. So I ended up peeling the back of the ship, like basically popping off the back. And then I was like, well, how the fuck am I going to do this? I don't know how to remove this, this part in this way. And then I realized that the ECU, the reactor and the thruster were only connected to one another and only connected to the ground by cut points on the ECU. And so I cut off the cut points at the bottom of the environmental control unit and pulled through this, like, needle, like, basically through this, um, I I thread the needle, pulling the thruster, reactor, and environmental control unit out the back of the ship as one cohesive piece. (laughs) Now, is is there enough play where, like, you have to be, like, if you would... Pulled it from a slightly like cockeyed angle, would you have lodged it? 
Oh, oh yeah, I could have lodged okay. all of this. Everything so this needed to be like perfectly lodged. flush as you like pull it pull it through. It was not that bad because yeah. the ship is I, I had a pretty wide opening, but there was a very good because all of this piping I mentioned is really really good at getting caught in the titanium keel of the nanocarbon that that is like holding the nanocarbon together and is like keeping all of the structure in place. Really good at getting caught on that shit. And so I pull it out. At this point, I have an a ECU, a reactor, and a thruster just floating freely in space. <laughs> at which point I'm able to pull off the panel, the access panel of the reactor, and then pull off the access panel of the ECU. And I removed all of the coolant things while the thruster was still there. And then I was like, okay, this will not be a controlled meltdown. I have to do this so fucking fast. Grabbed the reactor and threw it down into the barge. At which point, once the reactor is removed, the fuel lines become operable. So you can add, you can then cut fuel lines after the removal of the reactor because there's no longer fuel being directly sent to the thrusters. At that point, I was able to cut the fuel line directly and then throw the whole thruster, um, fuel line and all, down into the barge. That was one part of that ship. That was one part of your objective. Um, and it was a pretty complex puzzle. Like a really complex, like physics and like, like re, like, like process based reasoning puzzle. It was so fun to figure out on stream. It was, it was absolutely excellent. And the thing I love about Hard Space Shipbreaker is that once you learn the basic rules of every ship, the things that they do to disrupt your process are so, so neat. Uh, and also your training gets worse as the game goes on is one of the is one of the things i really love about it and as your training gets worse you start having to do these deductive reasoning puzzles more and more and more because you're like oh fuck weaver told me like 2 hours ago how to remove a nuclear a radio a radiation filter I do not know how to remove a radiation filter. That was two <laughs> fucking hours ago. Didn't he say if I bumped it, I would knock radioactive particulate into the air surrounding this reactor? I don't want to do that, right? You don't. <laughs> um, and so you're remembering a conversation from two hours ago because your fucking piece of shit corporate administrator interrupted your training to be like, she'll figure it out. Don't she'll figure it out. Come on, we gotta get we gotta get going. We gotta keep keep things moving. She'll figure it out. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um it wasn't. Uh and it's just it's the, the puzzles and like spatial reasoning are just so fucking cool. It's so neat. Uh fake it till you make it is not a great uh <laughs> slogan for this type of job, it feels like. No. <laughs> no. Um, um. I see the way I dealt with that with that problem was to start cutting the cut points to get all that business out of the back and uh accidentally blow up the coolant pipe and my arm froze. Uh which is really gnarly. It just kinda sticks up at a weird angle and is like mm -hmm. encased in ice. Uh which oh, is yeah. neat. <laughs> yeah, the other thing about here is that the coolant pipe uh in this one, it does begin leaking. Like it is you start the mission with the coolant pipe leaking. And the thing about uh leaking coolant pipes is that they um if you have a leaking coolant pipe, the leaking coolant will freeze parts of the ship, making things that are normally not cuttable or breakable extremely cuttable or breakable because they're frozen solid by like raw um by something that is colder than the than the base temperature of space, 
right? Um, and so that makes them things really, really fragile, which in some ways can be really good because you can use a coolant canister to blow open a material that you're not normally able to cut through. Or you can get too close to a leaking coolant line and have your arm frozen solid in less than a minute. Um, it's super, super sick. You got to take big swings out in the breaking yard. <laughs> you do. <laughs> That is the, that's the thing is that like one of the things I was doing on stream was cutting ships how I normally do it, which is different from how most people in the chat were like, wait, you cut ships in this way? And like your personal style of ship breaking is, is, is really unique. And the thing about mine is I don't rely on atmospheric regulars to safely depressurize ships. You can use atmospheric regulators to shape safely depressurize ships. The problem with that is that if an atmo reg is broken on any part of the ship, you're not going to be able to use that. And so I use a different approach, which is if I'm dealing with a ship that has a bunch of pressurized rooms, I will, if the atmo regs are working, I will use the atmo regs to pressurize as many connected rooms as possible, right? And then I will go to a part of the ship where I feel like it is the safest and I will do what I call a controlled explosive depressurization. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, I got really into this when I was playing the interlay access. Yep. There are one of two places where it's safest to do an ex a controlled explosive depressurization. The back of a ship with the thruster and reactor because that material is heavily reinforced and also removing a thruster cap is relatively safe to do because you can fire the cut points and it'll just pop right off and then all that air is just going to go right through that nozzle um and it's it's mostly fine you might push the ship forward a couple meters but it's it's, it's not a huge deal the other safest place is to do it from the cockpit mm -hmm. Because normally the glass of the cockpit is bolted on through a titanium shell and is bolted from the outside. And what you do is you knock off the th four cut points on the outside and then the front half of the ship pops off and then explodes because of the depressurization of the, in, the sudden, in, in the sudden like force shock. But everything else in that ship is bolted down. Everything else in that cockpit is going to sit where it should. There is one exception to this rule though. On a gecko class star, uh, on a gecko class ship, uh, specifically a star jumper, they don't have a clean cockpit plate. They just have a window. And I was like, "Oh, I'll just do what I normally do, and explosive, and just depressurize the ship by cutting this window." Right? Totally normal thing that I would do. I do that. The problem is that that window was a smidge too thin. <laughs> and so all of the air starts pushing through this, like, not even meter wide gap. Mm -hmm. And then the entire, like, top of the ship just explodes, just pops right off. <laughs> oh, Electricity no. starts sparking everywhere because the the it was so condensed that the ship couldn't handle the pressure of all of that air trying to leave through that itty bitty little hole so you're the saying the top of the cockpit or the entire ship got can openered the entire front of the ship gets can openered pops off and just explodes in the air um, nice and then i had to very care i had to for a while 
pick up fucking space debris and just knock it like one like two kilogram piece at a time yep. into the processor or furnace and it was really this was fucking yeah annoying. whenever the my the my the depressurization uh like explode the ship method uh failed for me it, it well one a lot of times yes i would be dead um <laughs> and two it would be i'd come back to like the the dry dock basically and it's like now i'm just like sweeping up pieces and yeah. being like this is going to be a wash like i'm not making any i'm not making any money on this yep and i think that is also part of why i i break ships the way that i do yeah. is that like i could either break it clean and have a hundred percent success rate in mm, four or five shifts or I could do an intentional explosive depressurization and finish that ship in three shifts. Yep. That is, that is a significantly lower amount of time. If I do things by, uh, another thing that I do is, um, there are two modes on your laser cutter. Um, standard, which is just a little beam. It heats up one individual, uh, yep. part of the ship. And then it just, Melts basically off. melts one bracket at a time right yeah you also have the split saw yeah and the split saw will just cut clean through anything you fire it at and the thing is that also applies to those small little brackets and so the thing that i do is i just fly in really careful ways even if i'm disassembling something like an ion ring if you split saw an ion ring it will explode and those cut points are real little. But the thing that I've gotten used to doing is just trusting my moment, the momentum of my suit and just being like, okay, I'm going to turn this way. I'm going to, as I'm moving, like as I'm still flying through space, cut this cut point, turn, cut the next cut point, and then turn again all in one fluid motion. And then suddenly that ion ring is clean off and it only took me like like five seconds in what normally would have taken me like 15 or 20. And then once you get like all of these little bits of optimization, this is also how the game becomes industrial accident simulator. Yep. Because it's like, <laughs> cool. I've perfectly well, optimized removing this piece, but if I am a fucking millimeter tilted to the left, I will cut this whole section in half. Well, and like you can imagine the social dynamic of like, say we're breaking out of actual other workers in place. Like, like a rookie would be like, uh, what's she doing? Like, we're not, we're not supposed to do it that way, right? And everybody be like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't bother her. <laughs> don't, don't say it. You gotta jinx and that. Then, <laughs> and then eventually, at the inquest, as they get to the bottom of, like, how a bunch of people were killed in a grisly spaceship, like, deconstruction ac accident, one of the things discovered would be that Engineer Renata was had made it standard operating procedure to sort of jetpack around using the split saw uh in non-approved uh like ship ship deconstruction uh methods exactly and you yep. know what you know what i was correct to do so <laughs> yeah that's them's the incentives uh, I mean, yeah sorry no i was just thinking we should uh take a break and yeah. come back for the second half of the show Thank you. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Speaking of industrial accidents, <laughs> my apartment. <laughs> That's so true of you, Rob. That's so it's, true of you to say. I guess industry industry true. does happen in your apartment. Oh, much industry. <laughs> much industry. Many great works. <sighs> so so to just check in on the fridge situation, I saw people uh-huh. be like, Rob needs to stop measuring random fluids and start just putting a thermometer in the fridge. Right. So I did that. Mm. So the results are interesting. Huh. The fridge is keeping around like 38, 37 oh, degrees perfect. overnight. Ah. Okay, I'm hearing, once a, it is I'm opened, hearing a clarifying word. Yeah, <laughs> once it is opened for the day and people begin like using the fridge to access food. Like a fridge. Yes. <laughs> it moves out of what we call the green zone uh-huh. of or, or maybe the, the, the blue zone of the temperature and into what on my little fridge thermometer is like an orange zone. Oh, um, oh no. Was the orange zone? And in, in 42. Numbers? 42. Okay. Not yeah. Deal. Not ideal. So it explains a lot. Like, but this is also after we've done a bunch of like people sent in a lot of good like suggestions about like, hey, don't just junk that fridge. Like, here's how you can maintain it. We've done a fair bit of that. We also check some possible things that could go wrong. Not the case. It is just uh, we are now deciding what is the level of risk we are good with living with uh, when it comes to this fridge. Because, you know, if you're good living with this risk, it's not a good risk to live with, honestly. <laughs> like, this is Especially if you've good. got, like, meats. Oh, well, we don't have many of the meats as we used to. Okay. Um, uh, we got on a – there's a really good, like, food service thing up here in, like, the – like massachusetts uh new hampshire area called like wico they like send you fresh food every day you just like it's very like heat and neat but it's like all made fresh and it's Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. good so we've been doing that um so we're we're not like storing up large amounts of like groceries for the week as much anymore Mm. uh but yeah it's like not great for like like milk is really the big one i'm concerned about it's really the one i'm like yeah yeah, it's also usually one of the easiest to tell when it's gone, though. Yeah, but what if you get desensitized to that a little bit? Like <laughs> milk. So the thing is, like milk goes through a whole. There's a whole gradient before it's like actually like bad milk. There's like, is this milk still good? What's the milk, are like, we cool? Are we yeah are we all right? Milk, yeah. milk, are we good? And it's like doesn't smell good, but then you're like, oh, that's just like. It was a little crusty something by the edge of the bottle. You know, I was smelling like the, the cap, right? Like right. It's, the, the milk is fine. The milk is fine. It's just yeah. it's just a little crust at the edge of the container. But then sometimes you, you have some a out, little you know? glass of milk with your cookies and uh-huh. you like take that first sip. You're like, there was mm. a little, that's there was a little, 
this is not like is it bad? I don't know that I would say it's bad, but I would say it's, it's different. Good. I would say it's different. No, <laughs> I, would say it's, I wouldn't even say it's not good. I would just say it's different. That there is a character to it that was not there before. It's edging towards Tang. Although MK has said, in those cases, she's like, this tastes like pure ammonia. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> well, but you just we have, have very MK different te- Yeah, you just have MK test, t- taste tested. Fucking you're good. canarying in a coal mine your partner <laughs> as you're like, is this... No, but, the thing, but she you? has such a phobia of like bad dairy also that she's mm. like, but you must, she's like, I think this is bad. Drink it. <laughs> so. Okay, so you're kind of just using each other and, and kind of, you're just relying on each other's different senses. Uh, she yes. relies on your sense of taste and you rely on her sense of smell. Wow. Yes. Uh, it's real. It's real symbiosis uh, over here. Wow. So. I love evolution. So. Fridge event. Fridge stuff. Ongoing. Downstairs air conditioner broken great guy coming in later this week this is the fridge this is the air conditioner we spent like four grand on last year replacing but that's what happens when you got a 30 year old air conditioning system in a building and only one company in the united states still makes replacement like things like replacement uh heat pumps for this thing no so they're expensive and they're bad (laughs) and how bad are they i hear you hate to have that combo yeah yeah, expensive and terrible. Um, how bad is it? Well, so Keep remember, me too. we accidentally <laughs> we accidentally ordered um, one of those like portable AC units, like one of the like the the wire cutter top recommended one, whatever. Accidentally? Well, we, not accidentally, but like we we thought we didn't need it anymore. We almost canceled the order when right. they repaired the air conditioner before um, that heat wave hit. Glad we didn't, because obviously you know the downstairs AC is broken. The room is cooler with this thing like sitting by the window and pumping the the air out through a little like giant comically large t- like hose. Mm-hmm. And it uses less than half the electricity as the heat pump. What? It is. What? Yeah. So it is. You can see it there in the background. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that little guy. go! I remember yeah. those. We used to have those yeah. in. uh Um. Micah at, at, at college because that building was really old and didn't have any other way to get AC into it other than this with a right. Giant so the thing immediately over my shoulder you see in the shot is the huge like built-in heat pump thing that hooks into the cooling tower, and then off by the window yeah. is the huge like black box with the giant tubes uh, going to the window exhaust. The tube, the black cube. box is outperforming the giant built-in thing in terms of, like keeping the room cooler. Oh my god, and. Some days it is using a third of the electricity. What the fuck? That the other one does. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it sounds it, like something sick. No, but here's the thing. It's, this is it using less than a third of the one that still works upstairs. Like the one that is performing correctly is still <laughs> using three times the electricity as that thing. And that fuck? thing is still like a better air conditioner. So it's like I just had the most vivid illustration of. So what are the costs of, like, decaying and bad infrastructure? It's shit like this. <laughs> yeah. It's shit like this, where it's like, it is possible that my broken AC is, like, a $4,000 repair. Right. I mean, I know it is. Right, when that right. When it fully has to be replaced, that's four grand. And your award is to have a not very good AC that will inflict ruinous power consumption costs. And also eventually break again. 
Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. By the way, there's there's other people in the building who are like convinced that the heat pump can't help but break because, and I'm fuzzy on this. They're concerned about a loop temperature mm. where the water cycles all the way from the top of the building to the bottom, and that's how they sort of cycle cooling to work with the cooling tower. Uh huh. And there is like on warm days, like a hundred degree difference uh, between the two extremes. And they're like, those extremes are not something that the, so like if you look at like what's hitting your heat pump, even at the point of exchange, there's a hundred degree difference between uh, what is like coming into cool and wasn't being put out. And they're like, I don't fully understand this. Like something's going to explain to me, but they're like, heat pumps just fail under those circumstances. That's not, they can't do that. Right. But like, so, why was it built that way then? Well, um, we're getting a little history. Seen someone build now. something? <laughs> we're, we're getting into Lowell history, but so this is like I'm in an old mill building. Uh, right. Most of downtown Lowell is. It was a planned city that was just a giant factory. Um, it was like they looked at the Merrimack River and they were like, "Imagine the mills you could power with that." Right. And so they diverted huge amounts of the Merrimack River into a f- series of canals, which is why all the roads in Lowell are like not original equipment manufacturer, let us say like canals are the original roads of right. downtown Lowell. Right. Uh, and all the buildings have like ferry docks by them or like, uh, like uh, barge docks by them. Um, but anyway, like that all got automotive. I'm in one of the, I'm in like in a hundred some year old mill building. And then it was like, not fit for human habitation because of all the lead paint <laughs> and the fact that the ammunition they were making here during World War II left the well, place. Bam. Patrick's joined us. Patrick, are you recording, shouted. Patrick? Are you okay? I, I did. I, 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 look, like, I got my, my guest badge on. Got a first grader now in my possession. No, I got like 40 minutes left to go to lunch. That's a, that sounded that's, bad. That's a that sounded bad. What? Did you say you have a first grader in your possession? Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. No, don't delete it. No, keep his sins in I here. have in my possession <laughs> a first grader. <laughs> I, I just I just came back from my, my daughter. I don't understand why they do a, a graduation ceremony for a kindergartner. I guess because you're going from half-time to full-time. But then you don't. Right. She's like, do I get to graduate next year? It's like, no, your ass doesn't graduate for another well, they do sixth grade in her elementary school, so it's like yeah. you got a ways to go. She's got, she's got a little bit of a yeah. You graduate I was the Victorian you, of my elementary school. Do you not graduate each each? Uh, Rob, that is the most embarrassing mm. thing you've ever said to us. <laughs> you shouldn't have shared that. You shouldn't have shared that. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't like it wasn't like grade based, but I did have a very nice speech prepared, and everyone was like, "What a good well, uh, uh, well, Rob." Ta- um, did you participate in uh, copaganda and have? Uh, uh, your uh, dare speech chosen to be read in front of the school, but why you shouldn't do drugs? Look at this guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> straight edge clapback. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh god. I'm actually. Do you do, does does a record of this exist? Do you have a copy of the speech somewhere? My mom phone? must have it on a videotape somewhere. I have not seen it. I'd be I don't. really curious what like what was the discourse that they were like. Ah, uh, this is these the these are the words of. The I mean, this is the era of the like. Uh, well, this, maybe this little layer where like it was the commercials where it's like they'd be like frying an egg. Oh yeah, drugs ruin uh, lives yeah. and fry brains. And I'm just good enough as I am. I don't need drugs to be cool. This yeah, I'm super curious because it drugs. would just be a straight window into like verbatim, like my ability to take a topic and then just rewrap it. But it's just delivering. Like, but I did need propaganda. drugs to be cool. 
is the thing. I badly needed nicotine, it turns out. <laughs> At least. Uh, Kata, you were saying, uh, don't you graduate every year? I mean, you do, but there's not like a ceremony what? every year. It's like well, you're telling me that you graduate my every year? Yeah, you graduate you first really grade. Think about it, Ren. You graduate every day. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> trivia to say, Rob. Oh my god. You made it through the school Thursday of your appointment. Yeah, parents, parents showed up. There was, you know, caps. No, I don't think they, they didn't the went to grounds. We had little hats, though. I that feel like that's unique. Happened. I'd be curious because that that is <laughs> that is not my definitely. I, mean, got, I guess my experience is like the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Right. But my thought, I my assumption was always you kind of get that end of elementary, middle. Patrick high deserves school. that kind of enthusiasm. Wait, are you Michael sure? Milken back to school parade. Are you sure, or are you gonna get like a surprise invite next year? Like, okay, not time for the first grade. No, because I just, I just talked just, about this okay, with yeah, one of my neighbors yeah, yeah. who has an older kid <laughs> in the same school. So, okay. you know, it'd be really a real celebration is boarding school. Be like, congratulations, parents! <laughs> Jesus, your child is now eligible to be boarded. If if you're in this part of the graduation, your child has been recommended for boarding school. There's a different there's a different graduation for the other students. Oh my god. All these parents that need to get back to their projects are boarding their children. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I interrupted whatever you were saying, please. No, no, no. So I was just explaining. They were asking, oh, so Patrick, to fill you in. Yeah. You mocked it. You were like, Rob, why are you pouring over the data from your uh what like power consumption app? Oh, back when you were doing you were you were you were having like we found what I ability. might describe as like actual serious anxiety over understanding the pure power output of your of your household. That's that's the past. Okay, now okay. <laughs> now this now is, is now we found this a real is the one. Rob of the future. Yeah. <laughs> this is mentally so, well, Rob. I was just explaining <laughs> Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is balanced. This is good. Healthy. Uh, this is cool, Rob. Patrick. Yeah. So downstairs, uh, HVAC thing seems totally fucked. Not great. Expensive repair. But that's the, ap- that's the apartments. Is that you yeah. or is that the apartment? That's the. It's both. Like it's a condo. Or I mean, so I'm like, sorry. Is I, it a building issue or is it a, is it a you issue? It's definitely a me issue, but it okay. might be related to a broader building issue. But either okay. way, one of my one of my HVAC units is down, and one is running. So we ended up doing a side by side comparison. I got a, that portable AC I ordered that didn't get mm-hmm. there in time for the heat wave. It's here now. I've had it hooked up and running. It's huge. But it, it works. Cools the, it's-, <laughs> it's better than the ones that are in the wall. It cools the house off more. And uses 30% of the power. Oh, so now your deck. question is, should I even replace that? Right. Right. This is, yes. You anticipate. Do, should I just get another one of these things and then never run the in-wall units again? I mean, you'd have to replace it if you sold it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Like, I'm, but I'm, well, that's hold just, on. That's, I don't know that it's broken. Like, <laughs> I, like, it's, yes, it's not working. I don't know that it's broken. I feel like there'd be I, an inspection no, that Rob. reveals that. I don't think you. Yeah, that, that that's one. just my like. It's just again. This is like when we've had conversations with appliances in the past. It's like on your timeline, right? Yeah. Like, do you when you sell the place? Well, if I sold probably, it in the fall, they would not be able to tell if the AC is working because the building wouldn't be on. The building AC wouldn't be on. It's so. also like, well, you know, if you were selling it right now, you might be able to get away with. Um, a lot. I don't have to fix anything, you fuck. It's a housing market yeah. that's for, Give me for sellers, offer, not for buyers. Yeah. Rob, I have a question. Yeah, run. 
Now, you said that you could just not run your in-walls. Quick question about uh, the structure of your building and kind of the thing you were mentioning as as a condo problem earlier. Doesn't the heating system for your specific uh, condo also affect the heating system of the whole? No, it's like, so it's like all of our heating systems are tapped into like a circulatory system. Mm-hmm. But if mine's not running, it's not like it's influencing it one way or the other. Okay, because I was wondering if it meant that that meant your air was not circulating as part of the collective no, no. The collective filtration. No, it's like we all have separate. <laughs> Rob doesn't want to participate in the socialist. And, uh, uh, he's like, no, I need my, I need my AC. Thanks. Anyway, so hold on. But so, like y'all asked, uh, Patrick, when you joined, they asked, like, why the fuck would you build a building this way? And the answer is, history of Lowell, et cetera. This building was uninhabitable because of all the ammunition they built here to fight fascism during World War II. <laughs> and okay. it turns it. out, if you spend like four years, like loading cartridges and like bullets and like flat flat shells the chemicals that get seep into the wall just make it like just standing there it's like congratulations you're like you have cancer now Mm. but if you put a thick enough coat of paint over it Mm -hmm. um then that's Mm -hmm. all good Mm -hmm. so but the thing is so lol had a bunch of like decaying buildings and as i understand it in the 80s uh God, what is his name? Paul Sangas uh, was a like majorly important Democrat in like in Congress. Got funding to start converting a bunch of mills in Lowell, and this was the okay. first one done. They're all housing now, but this is the first one uh, that they converted the housing. Wow! So it has early adopter problems, right? Like all of this stuff is a retrofit, and it's them encountering stuff they hadn't anticipated. So the HVAC system is like what they came up with. Their first time around, I do not think in subsequent condo rebuilds or like mill conversions, they did the same stuff. Ours is, for better and worse, the prototype of this project. So right, but sometimes in mech anime, the prototype is the best one, you yeah, know? So yeah, if you, you consider that, that like you have the one without the limiters and like you have the version that doesn't really have the kind of like pilot assist pilot assistance systems that just take away your fine control over your over your condo we talking about his condo we talking about rob well so (laughs) i will say this mine is the coolest of the mill buildings it's Mm -hmm. the it it towers above the rest like we like it like i have an airy (laughs) wow i love it but it has some problems like this this absurdity so anyway uh, that's the that's the appliance update. Um, further, further, like it is kind of shocking how much damage, how much financial damage has been inflicted in the past like month <laughs> when it comes to just household stuff. I'm I mean, kind of like, like that does seem to usually come in like a wave, and that like it's so weird. Um, that has been my, that has been my experience as well. I had a, I had a recent, it's not an, uh, it's sort of, mm, so, okay. So our household recently came into possession of $800 in Facebook money because, um, right, right, right. Illinois passed a law some years ago. I forget exactly the timeline of this, but the, the long and short of it is a bunch of lawsuits are currently finalizing between Facebook, Google, Snapchat, and, and probably some other companies in which Illinois 
you cannot collect certain amounts of like biometric data through like doing fil- like face filters and things like that without telling people. Of course, those companies did did none of that. Um, and Illinois is now in the middle of like fin- finalizing a bunch of like one hundred million dollar lawsuits. And I must have signed up for the Facebook one, you know, a year ago or whatever. <laughs> forgot about it, and then just all of a sudden, two four hundred dollar checks show up in the mail: one for my wife and one for myself. I mean, the, I'm currently in the process. Already submitted the one for the Snapchat one, which allows me to to. Uh, to claim my children as well, just filed a Google one this morning. And so just like raining in free money. And so I recently, uh, uh, you know, it's summer. We we're spending more time outside, uh, on our, on our deck with the kids. And I was, I got tired of bringing in our tiny little Google home speaker to like play music out there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to get a real one for out there. And I got this Facebook money. I'm going to, I'm going to spend real money. I'm not just going to get a little chintzy, like $50 speaker. Like I, I'll, I'll look it up. People are like, Hey, what you want is like a mildly portable, like nice speaker. And specifically, I needed to be able to talk to it because I want my kids to be able to use it or my wife to be able to use it. If it's connected to your to Bluetooth only, it just means it's a, a dad device. Um, right. And people are like the Sonos move, like Sonos makes great speakers. They have this this like nice portable speaker. It sounds really great. And it's four hundred dollars. That is like so outside of what I would spend. <laughs> on, like I, otherwise, I'm like on Amazon going like cheap Bluetooth speaker. And I was like, no. Let yourself have this. So this is Patrick's treat. Yes. And so it was going up. Uh, my wife was out of town last week. It's like, fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to order this. Uh, like the, the local Best Buy was like, you don't even have to come. Like, we'll just we'll just bring it to you by the end of the day. And I was like, great, let's do that. <laughs> so ordered it. Courier messes something up. Doesn't show up like by the end of the day. Oh. But it's been like processed, like applied to my credit card. And then. Like, but in the Best Buy doesn't open until 10 a.m. the next day. I um, I wanted to get my kid. They wanted to go to the beach and stuff like that. I was like, I'm going to be up out of the, the house for like 8, 830. So this is not going to work. Um, And so I call Best Buy. I'm like, I know that's been processed. I want to cancel that. They're like, that's complicated, but we'll escalate it and figure it out. And I'm like, OK. And then on the, I was able to time if I left. There was a Best Buy on the way to where I was going where there was another <laughs> Sonos move. And so I could pick that up on the way. And so I call my wife and I'm like, hey, I know you get push notifications on the credit card. Why are there like multiple $400 charges to the Best Buy happening? Credit card has not been stolen. I'm figuring it out. It'll be fine. She's like, okay. I pick it up. We take it to, to, to Wisconsin. It's awesome. Like really, really enjoy it. Very happy with it. Um, and then I get home. Uh, I was like scrolling through the news and like, hey, Sonos. They're doing their own like voice assistant now. And as part of that, they're doing a big sale on their Sonos <laughs> no. Oh no. Starting. You gotta return it. Plus so, hell plus so it's twenty percent. Off four hundred dollars, that's eighty bucks. Like it's not like it's not it was like twenty, thirty bucks I could I could do it. Like this is where Patrick tries to spend money and be like, be free, be free. <laughs> and then like the world is like Right, but you have a 14-day window to return this to Best Buy, and you could you could get your money back, and then just order this new one from Sonos. And so I'm like stacking $1,200 worth of Sonos Move charges onto my credit card in various <laughs> states of purchase and refund. Um, it really seems like I'm running a fucking some sort of scheme. This is a scheme. Um, 
this but to I get told, your eighty dollars in savings. Eighty dollars in savings from money that I did nothing except to sell my data to Facebook and then have my state claw back some of it in the form of a check that showed up that I didn't know existed. Um, but Amazing. I did. I ran it by my wife, and 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 I was like, okay, should should I do it? She's like, oh, absolutely. Eighty bucks. <laughs> eighty like, bucks. Yeah, that qualifies. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. I'll do it. Admirable oh, thrift. I love that she helps you be like you. You. <laughs> she was not me, and then became me. Yeah. And frequently, I've had to tell her, "You're being too much like me." <laughs> oh, it's okay. I, I've had to. So I, you made her weird. She I was not weird. weird. <laughs> well, she can't. She. You know, I don't want to get to it. But like, came from a lot of debt, like troubled, yeah. like youth with money, and like so. I we worked together to like get her finances in a state that she was really proud of, and then. A lot of that was like through various ways that I've managed to like, you know, live in expensive cities and not not get paid anything worth anything and make it work. But then came out the other side. And I was like, oh, no, I've created a monster. I, <laughs> a I think it's okay monster. Like, I actually like I, I rely on her to like feel better spending money and I just don't think about it. And it's just like it just happens and it doesn't stress me out. So anyway, twelve hundred dollars in Sonos move is great. But I'll be on my th- I'll be on my third one in a week when <laughs> that sale happens on June fourth. That's my return policy. I looked it up. Fourteen days, like new, means you can get it back. And uh, by the way, I will. You mentioned like if it's a Bluetooth thing, it's a dad device. So another thing I owe to Elden Ring. Yeah. Mm. For the first time in our relationship, MK now has a full working understanding of the home theater system. Ooh. Wow! Like oh. she's like, you want me to? You want me to get Star Trek ready on Apple Plus? And I was like, do I? And she's like, I can do that now because <laughs> of Elden Ring. <laughs> Rob has Jesus. never been more turned on in his life. Oh, no. More relieved. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. Oh, you know how to turn the whole thing? You can get. Wow, awesome, great. That's Wait, is incredible. MK seeking the Elden Ring? You tarnished? Oh yeah, oh, d- like, very deep. Much, much further than any of us, uh, frankly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> she, like, she is fighting shit I've never seen. Like, is she on New but, Game like, Plus? On people stream- what? Is she on New Game Plus? Um, I don't think she's there yet. She's not on New Game Plus. She but made, like, So I know enough about the geography of Elden Ring later game, despite yeah. not being there yet, but she is in a wintry giant area. Oh, um, yeah, I've been, there. I've been there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so, yeah, she's, no she's keeping up... Oh, sorry. No, like she's she's not at Ren's level, uh, but she's she's doing all right. Um, she last thing I saw last last thing I saw was her fighting someone named like Ed, the God eating snake or something. And I'm no, like, that seems that, that seems fucking Ed, that piece of shit. You're that's not well, off. That's not far off. <laughs> it's, it's, it's seriously like a really un, underwhelming name. And no, then well. it's like, but he also he eats gods. Yeah, but, but also, like every single one of these things is like Ed the God eating snake did not get me anything in a Google search except for a video of Ed eats a raw snake to survive in the Himalayan wilderness. <laughs> <on YouTube. laughs> oh right. no! But oh, I see it. Here we go. Well, and also snake. it's just like I'm never going to beat this game because, like, from what I can gather. MK's technique is she's got some like just melt huge chunks of hit points off people with magic. Just like mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. something where like yeah. she fires a Death Star laser blast yep. at things and they just like melt. They just implode. Does it come out of a sword or does it come out of uh, Looks like it's coming out of her. 
Okay, so that is the, that is the magic version. Okay, that, yeah. that is the spell version as opposed to the sword version, which is what I used for a lot of the game. So, and then to juggle the aggro, she has faithful summons who go in there and just like get in their faces and yeah. keep them like like anchored to the center of the arena yeah. while MK just like slams Red Bulls and like <laughs> shoots magic at them. Yeah. Just just jumping up and top up and down the top of the couch and just screaming. But the thing is, this makes it feasible for her because if she stays at the perimeter of the fight, the attack patterns of the enemies open up fairly clear lanes that you can negotiate between to like stay alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the coolest parts about yes. the Elden Ring's design is yes. how it allows you, and you can have, you can totally play the game just like a Soulsy like traditional like get in there like I don't yada think yada. I, can. I don't think I can. I'm looking at this and I'm like, I could not survive anywhere but this outer perimeter. Like, well, no, the, granted, the game the game is is it is encouraged it, like it is it is not like a sliding scale too easy. It is it is designed like, hey, you should be using all of these. This is how the game is made but it's yeah. i think it's one of the things that allows folks like mk to have an entryway into yeah. it and but I'm, I'm just like the there's like a non-habitable zone that's like three <laughs> acres around like the base of the boss mm-hmm. i can't get in there like i'll never survive that because like there the attack pattern is like you need to fit yourself into like a safe zone the size of a phone booth mm-hmm. in order to just got like not one-shotted um so i'm just i'm just looking at it like you're experiencing am, a let's play I'm experiencing a let's play, and I'm also experiencing a man. I am really not who I thought I was when I started building out this dex build. <laughs> like this, that was a real, that was a real like heat check. I forget. Did we talk about my four weapon era? My four weapon era in Elden Ring. We no. did. Yes. How, you, did. Were, okay. yeah, I, I how you were swapping between various buffs uh, okay. to to. I just didn't know. Sorry. I was I was about yeah. to be like, El- you can play Elden. Yeah, Ring you can explain. Rob, if Rob doesn't know. You can explain it again for sure. So the four weapon era is when I had a. I was playing Elden Ring with a scythe, a uh holy uh the literal word of god manifest right. in a uh in my fists uh and then a sword that fired either a wave of flame or a laser beam and also in my left hand i had my my faith instrument that let me do my faith spells right there was a boss fight where i was using every single one of these weapons to do a different thing and basically i would show up to an arena with just like a fucking barrel full of medieval weaponry slap that shit down and be like all right (laughs) let's let's get to work uh so i would use the scythe to inflict uh frostbite and then i would switch uh, and then frostbite and bleed and then i would switch to the guitar the 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 cypherpata to punch enemies down to the ground uh by staggering them because it has an extremely high poise damage and then i would switch to the sword to just blast them with a laser beam while they were on the ground and it was like this really weird playstyle i have never had in one of these games that was extremely extremely fun to be like juggling all of these tools at the same time in addition to my summons yeah the so this is the thing like there are times i see that like opening up before me but like in the heat of the moment the odds of me having miscues doing those rapid switches between like parts of my loadout 
Like that's like I can I turn into I panic in these things basically like mm-hmm. I turn into fucking like Mr. Bean in these fights where I'm <laughs> oh, so like, oh, oh, no. so you're like the average person like I mean yeah. that's not that's not a, that's not a like a character flaw Rob it's a it's it's a it's a it's a feature not a yeah when I'm when I'm out in the world I think this is what like made MK think like wow you're good at this because out in the open world it's like knife between my teeth like sneaking up on people like just <laughs> like master of the world boss fight. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious <laughs> me I'm on fire oh my goodness I need to quick dodge roll oh so whew, whew, I can't dodge roll I need to dodge roll oh dear I and you know and so on like taking the magic <laughs> potion God. when I need health etc uh, immediately like you know taking an elixir as what I think is going to be a killing blow comes in it misses cleanly so I just burn that during the fight that's me <laughs> yeah. That's me. It's like, you know, like somehow put away the shields I'm going to pair as I'm going to block. Um, that's that's what yeah. I turn into uh, in these fights. So that uh, was that was kind of. Oh, sorry. No, go on. I was going to say that kind of felt like watching Kato uh, do things in Heart Space Shipbreaker at times where they were like, I'm about to die. I'm about to blow up. But I was like, Kato, if you just do this in the most relaxed way possible, you'll be fine. In their defense, the task that they were doing when that particular interaction happened. A fucking happened, bar came up. It was like, you're going to die in five seconds or some shit. <laughs> they did have to fly into a thruster that was actively on fire to pull a lever to make the thruster Who stop built being these on things? fire. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, yeah, it's I, like, I am just, I'm, I'm like... I'm going to have to reconsider everything I'm doing if I'm getting further in that game because I'm just like, I'm not, I should have just, I should have just been a, a magic user. I should just be, I should like yeah. MK is out there like showing me how it should be done, which is just Magics. grab, like grab the nuke. Yeah. Be a wizard. Mm-hmm. How, uh, yep. how far did you get? Rob? Oh, not that far. I'm like, I, like I started struggling with, um, God, I started struggling just like navigating Goddard's castle, which took me forever to get into because um, the bridge guy mm-hmm. was a special nightmare for me because like I could never figure out how to reliably dodge his attack pattern. So then I was like, haha, I'm in Goddard's castle. And then I was like, these knights are really tough. Like, like I can, like I'm you eating. Start, you should just, just you start, start over. over. Like, no. because you, even though you, even though, even though you can respec, like that respec for you is like ways away. 30 hours away yeah. and you might as well just, start from scratch and like enjoy the fun of having kick-ass magic yeah like, really early on in in faith is so fun int and faith is so fucking fun rob but i like how sporty my guy feels you know when i'm you can like, be when sporty I'm, really honest, he gets his ass I'm like he can't ooh. accomplish anything in the game but boy he's he having fun doing it <laughs> but when he accomplishes things it feels tight we'll go prisoner uh, then that's, you can the also dex- do that's what I, I started as prisoner yeah that was that, and, that's like I, I went prisoner and i should have been a rat in magic then I could have really had a blank slate of paper, you know, oh blank sheet. I would have just dumped everything decks again. That's just me, though. I would have been like, you know what? The problem is I keep getting hit and I should just make it so I don't get hit and be faster and more nimble. Mm-hmm. But if you just swing that sword a little bit faster, I think you'd be fine. Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is like I'm trying to navigate the. Uh, I'm like, I feel like I should be wearing heavier armor because I'm getting my ass kicked. But then I put on yeah. armor and I'm like, I'm slow. Armor, armor, armor irrelevant. Always, armor irrelevant. always err on the side of what you think looks cool for your character. Because at the end of the day, like its impact is 
Like, unless you go like, what you're saying, like, all, like, unless you go heavy, like, the impact is, like, negligible yeah. in terms of mm-hmm. your experience. Yeah. To be able to use heavy armor, I believe the rule is among, like, like, uh, like people who, like, build Elden Ring as, like, a hobby, uh, is if you want to use heavy armor, you need at least 100 poise. Uh, and 100 poise is a lot of poise. Um, yeah. Because at 100 poise, you can be hit with basically anything in the game. Uh, and you can still keep your attack animations going. Um, and so 100 poise is the requirement for like really heavy armor builds. Well, point is, I just feel like I'm not going to be the Alden Lord. I just have this feeling that you know like... What? That's okay. That's a healthy like relationship dynamic to have, Rob. It's just, it's okay if your partner is the one who seeks it. She's the Alden Lord in the house. Yeah. 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 Um, she seeked and you're, and you're ye tarnished. Yeah, that is that is all I am. She she is straight and true, and I am just hanging out, enjoying the ride. Uh, so, couple other things. Uh, speaking of just things being a bit of a disaster, um, or at least like helping me optimize life. Lots of people wrote in about something called Windows Power Tools, what? and then Fancy Zones. We're a thing that comes with power tools. I don't fully understand. Like, I do not understand why there's the suite of tools that exists in Windows, but it's not like built into Windows. Microsoft puts out like a power user package. One of them is called Fancy Zones and helps it turn my widescreen monitor into an efficiency machine. It has, it lets you do custom like Windows snapping things so that like, what? yes, what the fuck? Ren, like you might actually really dig this. So if you go to the Windows store and you go to power tools, you should see something from Microsoft. And then among the power tools is fancy zones. Fancy zones. And I know, I know. It sounds, like, it sounds kind of like something that you would say derogatorily to a gay person in like 1943. <laughs> It and yet it also feels very targeted to me. Like, ooh, look at look at little Lord Zachney. He needs his fancy zones to optimize his workflow. And it's like, but I do. So Microsoft do. Power Toys? Power Power Toys. Yeah, that might be it. Power Toys. Power Toys? Power yeah, Power Toys. Funnier than Power Tools. Yeah, so Power <laughs> Toys contains fancy zones. Oh my god. Wow. And wow. I now have a triptych layout for my widescreen monitor that just snaps to like it overrides the windows snap commands so that now, now I'm using my fancy zones and my fancy zones are very fancy, but I can also customize it and create like, uh, like two panes off the left and right. And then a split pane in the middle, for instance, like to have a discord window, um, you know, up top and then like show notes in the bottom, uh, these are all things that are possible with fancy zones. And imagine if I had two widescreen monitors. Imagine. Oh so anyway, lots of people wrote in being like, this is a solved problem. And it is. So thank you to those folks. We got a late contender that I just love how this is written. So I must read it. It's a late recommendation for what I should have gotten for a replacement stove. Mm. Kyle from Birmingham. This is relevant. Kyle from Birmingham writes... Following on from the oven tierless stream, I'd like to suggest a very late contender to the ranking, the Rayburn range. Having grown up with a Rayburn as the only stove in the house, here are a few reasons that it's the perfect choice for Rob. It's high-end, compact, and incredibly impractical. 
made in the same Telford factory as Aga Cookers. The cast iron Rayburn stove offers a solution to Rob's lack of comic space in its sheer versatility. It's a water boiler, a central heating system, and a cooker rolled into one. Keeping it simple with two hot plates, simmering and boiling, and two ovens, warming and cooking, it wards off any potential hackers by having a single thermodial on the oven door. (laughs) Additionally, with the rising cost of gas and electricity, Rob can truly commit to the rustic lifestyle and tend to the multi-fuel stove with freshly chopped logs as Mina dozes in front of its radiant warmth. (laughs) Now, you might be asking, what are the cons of the Rayburn, this wunderkind of ranges? Well... There's only one temperature dial, which makes cooking multiple dishes a bit difficult to manage. And if you want to cook at all, then you're committing to turning the heating up in the hall flat, enough to keep a house warm through blizzards at 5 degrees Fahrenheit. They're an absolute pain to keep maintained. It requires constant attention, looks like the oven in a failed Grand Designs period project, and makes the summer heat even more unbearable. Having said that, I can guarantee they are relatively hammer-resistant. It's absolutely perfect for Rob. Thanks for all you do. Fuck capitalism. Go protest. Go home. Kyle from Birmingham. Wow. I didn't realize there's this entire family of ovens out there. That like the central conceit is what if we just located all the heat in the house in one thing? Yeah. And oh, then it's literally called central heating range cookers. But you can't. But <laughs> but you. Uh, but adjusting the heat on any part of it adjusts heat for everything. Yeah. That's madness. Uh, I mean, the small enough house. I guess this is fine, right? You just need the heat to be in one one room. I mean, it's. It seems like it'd be a hell of a thing if you had like, in the northern climes. Yeah. Uh, some sort of like rustic cabin. This seems like it'd be the mm-hmm. coolest fucking thing to have. Uh, but outside of that, I just don't, I do not see it. I this like, is, this is definitely a rustic cabin situation. This is the cool. height of affectation. If you're, if you're putting that in your manor house or your McMansion. Cast iron cooking and heating all wrapped up in one stylish range. These models are available f- with a wide range of boiler sizes, including powerful 600 series models, which are capable of heating up to 20 radiators. You could hook it into a radiator system. All right, well, that's a wrap on today. This is very good. Thank you. Thank you, Ren. Just posted two pictures of Chonkachoos? LeChonk. LeChonks. Sorry. Uh, LeChonks going, brother, may I have a small of... (laughs) Brother. 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 All right, so that's a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook, YouTube, Waypoint Vice. I'm at Rob Zachney on Twitter. Patrick, where are you? At Patrick Lubbock. He's got a first grader in his possession. Uh, (laughs) Ren, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Kato. Trying to decide whether or not he's got a first grader in his possession can be the podcast title. Uh, this week, it's Heat Week. We're celebrating Michael Mann's Heat. I got delivered a copy of Heat 2, the novel we've been waiting for. for oh, you got it? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's interesting. Let me tell you. We'll, we'll, have, we'll, we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Did you get it through that secret source? Uh, yeah, I did. Like, okay. like right. uh, friend of the show, and I think Austin's agent, uh, Don, uh, Dong Wan, uh, 
like got me on the list to get the galleys and Hell so yeah. it just showed up and uh that it's, rules it's fun uh anyway so it's heat week the show on heat just went up um and we already did some heisting earlier this week. We had a cool multicam setup. Uh, Ren was like taking us through some easy heists and then a hour long epic heist of like the biggest fucking payday level I've ever seen. And I still, I was watching the, I was watching the VOD and realized I had seen from my perspective, like less than a quarter of what actually goes on in that heist. Um, yep. it is, it was a pick a, at one point. It is a hell of a thing. The pig was a start. Like I didn't <laughs> you multiple times. You referred to the piggy bank. I truly didn't know what you were referring to <laughs> until I went back and watched some of the VOD. It's a very good VOD. It isn't like it is a heist that I would have bet my bottom dollar. We were going to completely eat shit, but through some good shot calling and through some really ferocious fighting at every stage of the of the game uh we ended up pulling that off so uh you should check that out uh you can check that out on twitch.tv slash waypoint i'm not sure if the youtube uh vod is up yet but it will be soon and hopefully we're gonna be going uh back a heisting on friday probably after uh the show this this episode of the podcast goes up all that is made possible by waypoint plus you can learn more at waypointplus.com uh, our music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Learn more at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. For now, uh, that is a week. We will talk to you again next week. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Not going to say, is, not going to say what the cool height was. Uh, well, you can't really see it because the, the mesh on this like makes it hard to like see where lines are. Yeah. But this dents in quite a bit. Yeah. I can kind of um, see. But I don't think that affects performance at all. I mean, it still sounds great. No, I think that definitely does I think it. it sounds great. Uh, I think what might have affected performance, however, is the in- innards being struck. By, it's fine. By the because otherwise, it wouldn't be working. It wouldn't be working. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how that's how electronics work. They either work or they don't. There's yes. no in between. <laughs> that's what the digital era is, Kato. Right. Bits. Signal or no? Yeah. <laughs> Bi- that's it's a, it's the binary era, and people are always saying this. <laughs> Binar, bin, bin, binary, binary, binary. We got an email of a binary beats. Binary. Anyway, all right. Here we go.
everyone gets time that is the most important part of right. our uh-huh. pre-game ritual uh-huh. let me pull up audition so i can start recording now kato you don't have to clap i don't you can just mark on your on your track yep. where we where we sync up exactly. it is crucial when you do this you do not accidentally stop the track yeah <laughs> that was I, one I time recording <laughs> It was one time, but everyone could see it, and now that's it was all the, yeah, ever going to think about. The one it's time like, that you it all was your could one see big my chance. You're like, thing. we don't need to do time. That is, we've moved beyond the need for time. That is, yeah, that was the f- and then you shit the bed, was and everyone was like, recording thrice. <laughs> it was my first time using that goddamn program. Well, I've talked to other right. people since, and they also all hate Logic Pro. What's our time? Uh, forty-three. Podgers. Podgers. All right. Podgers. Oh, that's fun, Kato. It's like a Poggers for pods. Like a pod for pod. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here we go. (laughs) I feel goofy today. I feel punchy. I also feel a little punchy. (laughs) What's good, Internet? It's June 3rd, 2022, and you are listening to (laughs) 